Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22? And Stephen's trying to escape early on me. Amen. Praise God. I'm not watching you, Stephen. Nobody's watching you walk away with that cup of Starbucks in your hand that you didn't get me none. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. And you know, I want to cover over the next three weeks a, a very important topic that's near and dear to my heart. But furthermore, it's near and dear to the heart of God. And I want to read this verse to you, and then I'm going to express to you one of the greatest concerns that Christ and the Father have for the earth in this season. Amen. Don't you want to know what one of the most pressing things that God has for us to do is? I want to tell you today the heart of God for your life, what that is. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, and I'm reading from the Eastern, or rather, English Standard Version. Talking about Jesus, it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were, somebody say were, fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and they followed him. Immediately, they says, they left their nets and they followed him. Can I challenge you today that the utmost important thing that we as believers and as Christians and followers of Christ can do is to have a heart for the lost. The greatest thing that you can do for the Lord is to bring souls into the kingdom. And in this passage of scripture, we see that Jesus comes to these two brothers, Simon and Andrew. And these two brothers were not unknown to Jesus. These two brothers were actually, you see in John chapter 1, they were apostles of John. They were disciples, rather, of John the Baptist. And John has now since been imprisoned, and now they've gone back to their old life. They've gone back to just being fishermen, and Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus meets these two men, and he says, follow me, and I will make you fisher of men. I will do something new with the old in your life. I'll do something new in your heart and in your mind that you never thought possible. I guarantee you that when Peter and Andrew, at this moment in their life, when Christ approached them, they had no inkling in their mind the greatness of the call that Jesus had intended for their lives. I doubt that Peter would have any knowledge that he would stand on the day of Pentecost and preach to over 3,000 people, and he would declare the greatness of Jesus Christ. He would declare that he was the Savior, the Messiah from heaven, that he had come down, he had died on the cross, been buried and resurrected for our goodness, for our mercy, for our salvation. I guarantee you Peter had not a clue, but in that moment, he came in contact with the Son of God. And what did Jesus say to him? To him, he says the same thing he says to you today, church. He says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And I'll be honest with you, that doesn't seem very enticing to me because I'm not a fishing kind of person. 
you know, sitting there with the net, or rather with the pole, and casting it out, you know, with a worm on the end of a hook, and waiting for some random fish in a pond that probably has no fish to bite, doesn't appease to me. This doesn't really appeal to me, rather. I'm not into the fishing game. And then I don't want to sit there and fight with the fish on a reel. I'm the guy who would just grab the line and yank the fish in. You lost. I got you. you I won. Some of you think that fishing is great and fishing is relaxing. Not me. I see those guys by the bridge in Bridgeport over there going to the east side. I don't know why they fish over there. Not me. I'm, I don't want to be a fisher. That's not me. It's not a good time to me. But that's the picture we get when we hear of fishing. But that's not the fishing Jesus is talking about. Because fishing back then wasn't with a pole. It wasn't a leisure time. It was a labor-intensive job. And fishing was done one of two ways. They would, they would stand in the water waist deep and cast these large nets out into the water in the Sea of Galilee, which was a very, very large wake, lake, rather, 35 miles across. Or they would take a boat into the center of the lake and they would drop their nets. And sometimes the catch was so big, it needed three and four and five people to haul the nets up. This is a labor-intensive job. Pastor, what are you saying? That Jesus Christ is calling you into a labor-intensive job for him. That's real fishing for Christ. Here's my first point today. Here's my first point today. If you want to be a fisher of men, God is going to be able to, God is going to repurpose your potential. He walks up to Peter and Andrew, these two brothers, and they're already fishermen. And he says to them, he doesn't say to them, listen, I want to take you and make you bakers. You can feed thousands of people the bread of life. He takes them right where they're at, and he meets them right where they're at and says, you see what you're doing right there? I can teach you how to fish for men rather than fish for life and for food and for sustenance. I can teach you how to be a kingdom man, a soul winner. I will take the current purpose you have. God will take your old potential and bring new purpose to your old potential. Some of you used to be more on fire for God than you are now. And God says to you today, I can bring new purpose to your old potential. I can bring new life to you. I can bring new passion to where you're at in your life. God will use you right where you are. It wasn't the easy job that Peter and his brother Andrew had. And what Jesus was saying was, listen, follow me. It won't be easy. There'll be difficult times ahead. There'll be times where life gets rough. There'll be times where you seem like you can't even make it. Times, Peter, where you're going to want to go back to fishing. You're going to want to give up on the call. But if you follow me, and if you do as I do, I'll make you a fisher of men. Peter and his brother Andrew decided that day they were going to follow Christ. Isn't it amazing? I bet you they were great fishermen. I don't care where you're at in your walk with life. You know what I hear a lot? I hear this phrase a lot. Oh, I wish I could be in full-time ministry. Let me tell you something. If you're not already in full-time ministry as a Christian, you are missing the mark. Full-time ministry doesn't mean that you get paid by an organization. Full-time ministry means that you are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, reaching out to every single lost person. You know that God can work in your strengths right where you're at. If you're a teacher, you're teaching kids, you're teaching whoever, that you're doing it in a godly capacity. And when they come to you for counsel, you can give them the word of God. Whether you're a cop, whether you're a doctor, a nurse, that you can do it with the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. God will meet you right where you are. 
And what a compliment it was for Jesus to call these men. Don't you realize that for Christ to compel you to win a soul to him is him giving you a compliment that he thinks you can take on the task. He thinks you can do strenuous labor. He thinks you can be someone who is labor intensive. He thinks you are someone who will not easily give up on souls. It bothers me when someone says, I'm not going to deal with that person. I can't, I I just, they're too far away from God for me. No, 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 no. No one's too far from God. No one's too far from the grip of God's grace. No one's too far from the net of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No one is too far. And what God desires to do with you is to take your current potential and bring new purpose to it. He says, you're a fisherman, but I will make you fisher of men. You're going to need a strong work ethic, Peter. Andrew, you're going to need to have a strong work ethic to follow me. Will you follow me? Will you do this? And Scripture tells us that Peter and Andrew dropped their nets and they began to follow Christ. Would you receive that word today in your heart? That Jesus Christ is saying to you that you should be a soul winner. Statistics show that six months after being saved, an average Christian stopped sharing their faith. They stopped sharing this new life that Christ has given to them. Statistics show that eight months to nine months, they began to just grow cold. But here is Jesus, and he says, I want you to be fishers of men. Receive that word today. God wants to bring new purpose to your old potential. Some of you are sitting here and you're saying to me, but pastor, I've gone to God and from God and to God and from God for so long. And I don't think as if I have any potential anymore before God, I don't think that I have any purpose. And God says, that is a lie. That is a lie. And you can come to him today. You can know him as your savior. You can become a fisher of men. Proverbs 1130 says that he who saves souls is wise. He who lives to catch a soul, to save them, to rip them from the grip of hell, that person right there is a wise person. Here's my second point for you today. I love this one. You know what God requires of you when you're coming to be a fisher of men? You know what God requires? Here's point number two. If you're going to be a fisherman for God, he requires collaboration, not isolation. You see that God called Peter and Andrew into something? He called them not to be lone rangers. He says, follow me. Come into my fold. Come into my family. Do what I do. There is power in the fellowship and the connection to Christ and Christ's body. There is power in connecting yourself with a loving church family. There is power in connecting yourself to the kingdom work of God. There is power in what God is trying to do in the body of believers. Hebrews 10, 25, it says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints as some of us are in the habit of doing. What is he saying? He is saying, listen, don't neglect the gathering for there is power in the gathering of believers. And he says to Peter and Andrew, come with me, follow me. There'll be strength in following Christ. There'll be strength in following God. You're going to have to learn some things from me, Peter. You're going to have to learn some things from me, Andrew. Can I challenge you something? Can Can I challenge you? That many of us, we come to Christ, but stop following him soon thereafter. Are you following Christ the way he has called you to? Are you following him on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday when no one else is looking? Are you working towards the kingdom goal? Are you continuously renewing your heart? Are you fellowshipping with the brothers and sisters in the body? Can I challenge you that if you are isolated, you are removing yourself from the purposes of God? 
Because community in the church is a net. Community in the church brings a strong net before the Lord. Relationships, when you build relationships, it's like building a strong net before God. And as a church body, when we throw events and when we act, it is a net to catch people, our relationship one to another. God desires a mighty work from your life. God desires for him to do a mighty thing in you. And if you allow him, he will do it. But it's going to take collaboration with the spirit of the living God. It'll take collaboration with your church family. It'll take collaboration with the people around you. Look to somebody next to you and say, I want to be a part of your life. Come on. God's not called us to walk in division. God's called us to walk. Somebody shout unity. God's called us to be one as a church. God's called us to be able to be somebody who is a part of something bigger. Because by myself, I could never accomplish the great things that God has for me. But with us together as a family, all things are possible with God backing us. Come on. Our vision as a church is to create the largest soul-saving effort to be a part of a mighty work of God. And last night we did that. We were creating a mighty soul-saving effort. (laughs) That's what our desire in our heart is. That's what God would want from you, from me, from every single one of us, that we collaborate as a church family in order to save souls for the kingdom of God. Can I ask you a question? When you drive by someone, when you walk by someone, when you're at work and when you're in your personal life and you come in contact with someone who doesn't know Jesus, does it bother you and does it break your heart? How many are out there who need Jesus Christ? How many hurting, broken, depressed, suicidal, addicted people are out there who need Jesus Christ? And some of you may say, well, pastor, I am that broken person. I am that suicidal person. I am that hurting person. I am that person who is dealing with trouble in my home, trouble in my family, trouble in every area and every front of my life. And I would tell you today that Jesus says to you, follow me. Follow me. Notice what Christ said to Andrew and Peter. He says, if and when you follow me, I will make you. Meaning you are not going to immediately be there. You will not be right where you need to be in the moment. But if you follow me and give me time, I will make in you something new. I will make you a fisher of men. I will make you a new thing. For any man who comes to Christ is a new creation. And Christ wants to do something new in your life. Nothing to me is greater than the church of Jesus Christ having a heart for the lost. The church of Jesus Christ having a heart for souls. The church of Jesus Christ being broken for those who are lost, broken for those who are hurting in this world. Jesus says to us today, if you would follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. Here's my third point to you today. Christ is calling you out of your comfort and into his counsel. He's calling you out of your comfort and into his counsel. He's calling you to move yourself from a place of comfort. He says, Peter, Andrew, I know this is your life. You're a fisherman. You're good at it. You make a living doing it. I get it. But I'm calling you out of that into something greater. I'll put it to you another way. He's calling you out of comfort into his commands. He's calling you to say, listen, I know where you're comfortable, but I also know where I've commanded you to go. You spent way too many years of your life doing things that have no earthly, heavenly value. I want you to move from comfort 
into my commands. I want you to move from your comfort to my counsel. You can't follow Christ living your life sitting on the couch watching TV all day. You can't follow Christ doing your own thing all the time. He says, I want you to move from a place of comfort. I will put you in a place of discomfort where you have to trust me, where you have to be able to lean on my spirit, and I want you to follow my counsel. And the thing about the counsel of God is it is perfect. It will not mislead you. It will not misguide you. The counsel of the Almighty God is beckoning to you today, church. He says, leave your comfort and come, somebody say, to my counsel. God is not looking for people to stay comfortable. He's looking for those who would say, Lord Jesus Christ, I am willing to do whatever it takes to follow you. I will do whatever it takes to follow your heart. I distinctly remember when I was a very young teenager and I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I was at, at Baton Rouge um, Crossfire International Youth Camp with Jimmy Swaggart uh, Ministries, and we were there, and they were doing this altar call, and this is humongous church, 12,000-seater. There's a couple thousand teenagers and kids there, counselors, and many people there, and they did this altar call. And I, during the altar call, they sang this song, and, and it, says, it says in the song, it says, I will go where you've called me. To the ends of the earth, I will follow you if you call me. And I remember just kneeling there at that altar and telling God, Lord, I will go to the ends of the earth if you called me there. I will do whatever you've called me to do. And one day I was sitting in a restaurant in New Haven with Robert and some other people and my friend Richard Everett. And Richard looks over to me and he says to me, you know what would be great, Lewis? And I said, what's that? He said, you should, come, you should come to Rwanda with me. I'm just like, what? What's in Rwanda? He goes, I go every year on a missionary trip to Rwanda. I was like, okay. And instantly, as I said that, I just remembered the Holy Spirit saying to me, until the ends of the earth, I will follow you. And in that moment, I realized that I had to live in the counsel of God, live into the commands of God, and not my comfort. And that year, about maybe six months later, I found myself in Kigali, Rwanda, standing before probably over a thousand people in that church did two services back to back. It was the most amazing thing. I didn't even know that people had left and people had came. And that day, we probably preached to nearly 2,000 people. And when we made the altar call, hundreds flooded the altar. And it was in that moment that I realized what it meant to be a fisher of men, to cast my net into the world, to say, God, no matter what you do and want from me, I will follow your counsel and not my comfort. I'll go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. Pastor, what are you getting at? I'm trying to challenge every single person here that there are distinct things that God will require for you to do, places for you to go, jobs he has for you to do in this world, people he wants you to reach out to, lives he wants you to change, things he wants you to do. And, and you're saying, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. God, I don't know if I want to usher at the arena. I, I want to enjoy it. Somebody got convicted. Amen. 
He says, it's not about your comfort. It's about my command. It's not about your comfort. It's about my command. And you know, you know what changed my life? Realizing, realizing that outside of my comfort zone, God was still there. And sometimes we say, well, God placed me here. That's why I'm comfortable. I feel great. And, and God said to me, no, 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 no. It's so far beyond that. It's so far beyond that. I've called you out of your comfort zone because I kept you there for, just for a season so that you would mature and grow. But now I'm calling you out. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but I just feel a severe sense of the Holy Spirit impressing upon me to impress upon the church. It's time to come out of comfort and into the counsel and commands of God. There's some people here that you maybe have recently rededicated your life to God, and God says this to you. I've been calling you for years, and it's time to come from your comfort into my counsel. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, Peter and Andrew, here's what I want for you to do. He says, follow me. In the Greek, <laughs> the statement is actually come right now. Come right now. Come see what I'm doing. Come receive my heart. Come have a heart for the lost. And it was through the three and a half years that Peter and Andrew walked with Christ that they would develop a heart for souls, a heart for the kingdom of God. And it's as you draw closer to God, you draw closer to his desires for your life. As you draw closer to God, you draw closer to what he promised you, what he wants from you. And you may be sitting here saying, well, pastor, I don't really know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm called to do. Well, I would challenge you that every single Christian, every single person who was a born-again believer, Matthew 28, Jesus tells his disciples, verse 19 to 24, he says that you would go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. He commanded every believer, go and make disciples. I'll put it to you another way. Go and be a fisher of men. And if you came in here today and the hurting, the lost, the broken were the last thing on your mind, we need to get before God and say, God, I'm so sorry that I'm missing your heart. Because what's on God's heart is the people who don't know him. There was a season in my life where I heard from a great man of God, he said, whatever keeps you up at night, whatever breaks your heart, Whatever won't let you live in peace is the very thing God called you to do. And you know what used to keep me up at night? When I was a young teenager, I would walk around Maplewood and Howard Avenue because as far as I can go, my mom would call the cops to me if I went home too late. Amen. True story. I would walk in the area that I was designated to walk. And I remember as just a 13-year-old boy, 14-year-old boy, seeing people who didn't know Jesus. I would meet young teenagers who never had been to church in my life, and that blew me away because I spent my whole life in church. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I used to sleep at night having visions of the rapture and seeing how many were left behind. And I would wake up crying. At a young age, the Holy Spirit impressed upon me, lost 
souls. I remember going to youth camp and 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 I would <laughs> I don't think I ever told my brother this. I would I would go to Gabe Swagger because I could not sleep because my, my, my cousins and my brother had not answered the altar call yet. And I would say, we gotta pray for these boys. We gotta pray for them. And I remember one day sitting in the room to almost one in the morning praying for my brother, praying for my cousin Jose, my cousin Daniel, my cousins who had not yet turned their hearts to God that year. We did it every year. We got saved every year. Amen. So I'm like, like, y'all, amen. So anyways, I remember having that burden for souls at a young age. And and that's what kept me up. Pastor, what are you saying? That God wants to place that same burden on your life. And you're you're saying, well, I don't want to have a burden on me, Pastor. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because when you have the burden for the lost... You have the heart of Christ. But Jesus said, I did not come to be served. Many of us have this cruise ship mentality for church. Hop on the ship, we want to hear the great music in the, in the, in the entertainment area, we want to watch a great show, we want to have great food in the, in the lobby, we want to have a great captain, amen, my captain's the best. Great everything. Different stations for fun, thank you, I love you, Amen different stations for this and for that, and that's all great, but that's not the way it is. Church is more like a battleship. Battle stations. A purpose, a driven purpose for Christ. Every battleship has a captain giving out orders of where to go and what to do. Church, can I tell you something that might rock your world? You did not come here today to be served, but to serve. And if you came for any other reason, you're in the wrong place today. Would you do me a favor and just stand with me to your feet? My time is almost up. You see, there's two types of people here today those who don't know Christ, who you have to follow his first command where he says, listen, follow me. Follow me today. Follow me. Follow me. And there's still yet others today who you've been following Christ, but you're still not yet a fisher of men. You've not yet followed him to the point of obeying his commands and obeying his will for your life. I want to give you an invitation today to come to know God in a deeper capacity. Just bow your heads all across this room. You see, to be a fisherman, you couldn't do it from the shore. You had to really kind of wade into the waters. Maybe even go on a a boat to deeper waters. And to the sum of you today, This is what I felt the Holy Spirit just say to me right now. I'm calling them into deeper waters where all their hope and trust has got to be in me. He's calling you into deeper waters. Some of you here today, you don't know Jesus. You're still standing on the shore like Peter and Andrew. You don't know him. You haven't had a relationship with him. And he says to you today, would you just follow me? 
I see the hurt in your life. I see the brokenness in your life. But if you would follow me and you would live your life out for Jesus, he'd bring healing to every broken, hurting part of you. He'd bring hope to the hopeless parts. Faith would rise up in you. Come on, God wants to bring new potential, new purpose to you. God wants to collaborate with you. He doesn't want you to be a lone ranger. God wants to work with you today. And God wants to call you out of your comfort, out of your comfort in Jesus' name. If I can have my prayer team come on forward. God wants to work in you today. I want to take just the next five minutes. If you know that God is just working on you, you know that God is calling you, you know God is purposing you, you know that you want to be a fisherman.